Welcome to This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. One verse, one truth, one choice. Hello and welcome to This One Thing. I'm Carrie Kenyon Dern. I am so grateful to you for joining us again this week. Every week on This One Thing, we pick one specific verse and we talk about a truth and we also make a choice from that passage. I'm very, very excited to have my dear friend Melina Puente back with us this week. Hi, Melina. Thanks for coming back. So glad to be here. It's wonderful to see you, and you always bless me, and I know so many of our listeners so much, with just your authentic joy and the wisdom that you operate in, and you're so peaceful. I love your peaceful being and your presentation, and I'm really excited to jump into our verse of the week with you. So this week, we're in Mark chapter 7. And we're going to focus on verse 15, but this is the first time the Lord's ever asked me to do this. He's asked me to read a very big chunk of this chapter because the context of this is Jesus going up against the Pharisees. So the stage for this passage is the Pharisees had traveled almost a hundred miles to be where Jesus was on this particular day, on this particular incident. So it really appears in the context of our verse of the week that they're being very intentional to set him up, to trap him and to trick him. So it is critical that we understand what is going on. And it's hard for us to adequately explain that unless we read a lot of this chapter. And the reason it's important to read is a lot of this is in red, which means (laughs) Jesus is talking, right? So even though our verse of the week is Mark 7, 15, I'm going to very quickly read verses 1 through 23, and I'm going to make just some really quick comments as I go through it to help us understand the stage that has been set and why what Jesus is saying in our passage this week is so critical. So Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 1. One day, some Pharisees and the teachers of religious law arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. Now they're out near the Sea of Galilee. They noticed that some of his disciples failed to follow the Jewish ritual of hand washing before eating. Now notice it says it's a ritual. It's not a command. It's not the Mosaic law. It's a ritual. That's very important that we see that. The Jews, especially the Pharisees, do not eat until they have poured water over their cupped hands as required by their ancient traditions. Similarly, they don't eat anything from the market until they immerse their hands in water. This is but one of many traditions that they have clung to, such as their ceremonial washing of cups and pitchers and kettles. Verse 5, so the Pharisees and teachers of the religious law asked him, why don't your disciples follow our age-old tradition? They eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony. Jesus replied, you hypocrites. Quick stop right here. This word hypocrites in the Greek actually means an actor wearing a mask pretending to be someone they're not. That's important that we understand the origin of the word hypocrite. You hypocrites or you actors pretending to be someone or something you're not. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. For he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. 
for you ignore God's law and you substitute your own tradition. So Jesus is quoting Isaiah 29 verse 13 here. And basically it's as black and white as it can be. You're pretending to be something that you're not. You are hypocrites because your worship is all fabricated. It's not coming from your heart. You're just performing all of these rituals and you have all of these traditions and you're pretending like they're commands from God, but they're actually not. You're not following God's commands. You're following your man-made traditions. Continuing on in verse nine, then he said, you skillfully sidestep God's law in order to hold on to your own tradition. For instance, Moses gave you this law from God, honor your father and mother and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death. But you say it is all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you for I vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. And in the Greek, this is called Corbin. In this way, you let them disregard their needy parents. And so you cancel the word of God in order to hand down your own tradition. And again, this is only one example among many others. Then Jesus called to the crowd to have them come near. So he wants everyone to hear our verse of the week. (laughs) This is verse 15. All of you listen, he said. And try to understand, it is not what goes into your body that defiles you. You are defiled by what comes from your heart. That is our verse of the week. Continuing on, then Jesus went into a house to get away from the crowd. And his disciples asked him what he meant by the parable he had just used. Don't you understand either, he said. Can't you see that the food you put in your body cannot defile you? Food doesn't go into your heart, but it only passes through the stomach and then it goes into the sewer. By saying this, he declared that every kind of food is acceptable in God's eyes. And then he added, it is what comes from inside that defiles you. From within, out of a person's heart, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All of these vile things come from within and they are what defile you. So Jesus is not just talking to the Pharisees here in this passage, Melina. He's talking to all of us. And what he is saying is we need to check ourselves, check our traditions, or we could substitute our normal way of doing things and really check our heart, really check our motive and say, why am I doing these things? Am I doing these things because God is telling me to, or because it's the way I've always done it or the way my family's done it? This is very convicting. So because I love you so much, I'm going to let you go first. (laughs) What is the truth that you pull out of, yes, this whole context, verses 1 through 23, but specifically our verse of the week, how do you see truth jumping out at you and your life personally in this passage? For me, the idea of performance, I love the way you use the mask. For me, being a perfectionist from way back, wanting everything to be just right and nobody to know I'm not okay. I can do everything. I can handle it. That's for me what I saw is this dichotomy of I'm strong. I can do it. Or, you know, that's my own sense of ability. And as comparing it to the verses down below with pride, that one jumped out at me like crazy. It's like, what's true, Melina? And my pride can well up. And that experience 
for me of thinking I am strong. The truth really got highlighted last night, really specifically, when I found myself uh, working late and I, I realized out loud, I said to myself, you don't feel strong. And understanding I had the weight of a bunch of boxes to check off and they weren't getting done. And I didn't see light at the end of the tunnel and I was completely overwhelmed. And it was in that moment when I actually said, I don't feel strong. It was like the Holy Spirit kind of just poked and said, why are you trying to do this on your own? Mm -hmm. You don't have to do this on your own. That was the awareness of me performing. I can do it. And everybody around me thinking I can. Mm -hmm. The reality of it crushing down and really just taking me out where I was like, I just want to quit. I just got that hopeless. And I had to just ask the Lord for mercy and find his face and realize I'm trying to do this by myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm following Melina's rules, Melina's traditions Mm -hmm. of being okay and doing it all the right way. And it's okay. There, There doesn't have to be a right way. It's God's way. And his peace is what flooded when those that love me had my back last night in prayer. But this really got highlighted last night in mm-hmm. a most amazing way of vulnerability and not having my own strength mm-hmm. and realizing there's only one I can lean on for that. Mm-hmm. We all have areas of our lives where this is just how we've always done it. Yes. This is just what we do. And that doesn't fit in the context of spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity is a picture of becoming more and more like Jesus and less and less like ourselves. So the truth for me in this passage, and I love how you really focused on the conviction of it. But in the middle of that, you also were sharing, I don't know if you were aware of this. I This is what got highlighted for me as you were sharing. There are two aspects. One is the conviction piece. And I too went to verses 20 through 23, that little list there, right? And I I highlighted pride in my own life. There is an element of conviction, like in what area of my life am I being a hypocrite? And again, the definition of that is where am I wearing a mask, pretending to be someone or something I'm not? Right. That is certainly a picture here. That is That is a component of what Jesus is doing. He's calling us to conviction, to make us more like himself. But there's another thing that's going on here. And that is it's an invitation to rest. Here's what I know as a 50-year-old woman. There is nothing more exhausting than performing. (laughs) Yes. That's when I get exhausted. If I'm performing, if I'm pretending to be someone or something I'm not, if I'm standing on my tippy toes trying to please everybody and I'm can't quite do it because I'm trying to hold the bridge up, right? That huge bridge. I'm trying to hold it up with my two bare hands. And Jesus is going, uh, hi, I died to hold that bridge up for you. I'm the bridge, right? You're not, you don't need to hold that anymore. (laughs) It's this invitation, conviction is, to check ourselves and to say, in what area of my life am I trying to be Jesus? Am I trying to meet a need? Am I trying to you know, substitute my strength for his own. Because here's the truth. There is nothing more peaceful and restful than receiving Jesus in the places where we are inadequate, where we can't, where we can't hold up that metaphor, that that picture of that bridge in our lives, right? I can't hold it up anymore. I'm too weak. I need you to carry it. And Jesus is saying, that's what I died to do. I'm inviting you into rest. You don't have to pretend. You don't have to perform for me. 
I need you to be dependent on me because dependency is actually a picture of spiritual maturity. Mm -hmm. When I say I am not going to be an actor, I'm not going to pretend when I know in my heart that I have issues and that I need Jesus to be Jesus because I am certainly not Jesus, not just to myself, but to the other people that I'm trying to help, the people that I'm seeking to serve, the, the people that I'm asking him to help me love. I cannot do that without him. Not only does that bring me peace and rest, but it also allows me to fully receive the gift of salvation. I am not fully embracing everything that Jesus died to give me if yes. I'm not recognizing my own inadequacies. Yeah. So it's this invitation to rest and to be still and say, I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to hold the world up. That's Jesus's job. Yeah. So it's interesting that you highlighted from verses 20 through 23 pride because I did the same thing you did. I read this whole chapter and we're not going to continue on. We're going to stop here at verse 23 for the sake of time. But I also went through that list and I asked the Holy Spirit to convict me. Pride stuck out. And that is the one thing that I have to keep acknowledging that I need to give to Jesus, that I need his humility. I need to continuously claim Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30, where Jesus says, come and learn of me because I am humble and gentle. And in learning of his humility and gentleness, guess what he promises us? Rest. Yes. We get his rest when we get over ourselves. Yeah. When we are operating in humility, when we put pride aside, then we enter into true and pure rest. Several weeks ago, and I alluded to the Stations of the Cross last week, but several weeks ago at the Stations of the Cross, one of the stations was a cross. And you could put whatever it was you were asking to Jesus to take from you on that cross. So there were pieces of paper and you write what you are seeking freedom in and then there were nails all over the cross and you just push your paper onto the onto the nail on the cross and i asked the lord like what is it that you want to take from me today and he said pride so i wrote it down in all caps i'm putting it on the cross and i'm like why do i feel like i have to give you this every year like at what point is this not the thing anymore and he reminded me in that moment there's always going to be an area of dependency on me. You're always going to need me for something because the moment you don't know what you're dependent on me for, that is when you're going to go into your head. You're going to start taking burdens I never intended you to carry. And you're going to find yourself worn out and exhausted. So that is the beauty of this passage is Jesus is saying, I want to give you this rest. I want to give you this peace, but you have to first humbly put aside anything that is not of me in your life. You have to recognize what your traditions are, and I'm doing air quote, yeah. what your normal way of doing things are. And if I ask for those traditions or your stereotypical way of operating, you give those things back to me. And I will give you that peace. I will give you that rest because I died so that you don't have to be religious, that you don't have to follow a law that will crush you. So because I already alluded to it, I'm going to go first, Melina. The choice for this week is for me, looking at the verses after our verse of the week, that list in Mark 7, 20 through 23 and saying, Holy Spirit, what is it that is coming out of my heart? 
that is not of you? Mm. What do you want to take? What is it that I'm operating in that is defilement? I know that nothing I could eat, nothing I could drink, nothing I could do, nowhere I could go could defile me. It's what's hiding in my heart that defiles me. What is hiding in my heart that you want me to nail to your cross today and say, you died so that I don't have to operate in that anymore? That is a choice that you and I have made, Melina. We're going to continue to make that choice. And that's the choice that I encourage all of our listeners to make as well. What choice would you encourage listeners to make based on this passage? Specifically, what came to me was we we both have a choice to be respond like Jesus or respond like the Pharisees. And I I was struck by the disciples are just doing life with Jesus. And there's all this acceptance that they're experiencing from him. And not that he doesn't remind them of things and call them out and and you know just say, why don't you understand? But they're they're having an experience right there where they're just being accepted. And the Pharisees are bringing their judgment in and trying to figure out, why are you guys doing it wrong? Mm-hmm. And for me, my choice is I can respond like Jesus to the people around me. I can respond like the Pharisees and judge and go, you're doing it wrong. And that checks my heart because if I'm responding like Jesus, the people I'm around aren't going to be wondering, should I have washed my hands? Mm. we're just going to be enjoying each other mm. versus if I come in like a Pharisee and I'm like, oh, did, did you do this? Did you, did you take care of that before? Did you, you know, there's always this questioning, are you doing it right? Cause it's not my way. Mm. So my choice would be to choose to respond more like Jesus did and, and do stand up for people who need to be stood up for and, and push back that religious spirit mm. for sure. But I think for me, what am I choosing in terms of my heart? Is my heart responding like the Pharisees? Or is my heart responding like Jesus towards those disciples? Mm. So good, Melina. So convicting. So Jesus is very, very clear that the law that the Pharisees are trying to uphold and the traditions aren't what matter anymore. He's like, I'm here now. So your Levitical law, you know, referring to... Leviticus chapter 11, all the clean versus unclean, like you're trapped in that, but even worse, it's not even the law that you're abiding to. It's all your traditions that you're abiding to. You don't need that now because I'm here. So let's choose to follow Jesus's example of mercy and grace for ourselves and for others while still walking in the truth that he died to set us free with. So if you want more of this story, you can also look at Matthew 15, verses 1 through 20. Same story through a different lens. Melina, thank you so much for being here this week. I'd love for you to come back next week because the next chapter, Mark chapter 8, verse 34, really got highlighted for us. So would you come back and would you talk about that verse with me next week? Most definitely. Fantastic. Melina, would you close us in prayer? Oh, I'm happy to. Lord, I just thank you for the way you highlight what is true for us, the way you use examples in our lives to expose the things that you want to reveal and and you want us to surrender to you. So I ask that you would create an opportunity for all of us to check our hearts, to ask the Holy Spirit to show us what is truly in our hearts that are defiling, that are not helping us choose what is true and what is right and lovely and beautiful and excellent, Lord. 
I thank you for your new mercies and the joy that comes when we are able to operate in your strength and your peace. So I ask this week that we would focus on the things above, that we would focus on the opportunity to look like you, to respond like you, and to be able to love like you. So we just say thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. Find all our episodes by clicking the podcast link located on our website at fetterfree.org. 